Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com This is episode 103 with Scott BB. Welcome to the As Told by Nomads podcast, where you'll learn how nomads, third culture kids, entrepreneurs, and leaders all over the world embrace their global identity and use their difference to make a difference. And now, having lived on four different continents, here's your host, Tyo Roxas. Welcome everybody. Today I have with me a fellow Nigerian. Nah, he's a he's an American who's got some businesses in Nigeria. But um, Scott BB. Scott BB is a uh, is the proprietor of my business on purpose. It's a multi broadcast platform that equips, inspires, and mobilizes business professionals to live out their skill set to society as an agent of God's grace. So he's going to talk about. A lot of things he do, uh, he does, and um, you know how to really mobilize your businesses and maybe make them in a global mindset. So, welcome to the show, Scott. Tayo in the Yoruba tradition, uh, Ekasan, my friend. It's great to be on with you. I'm really, really excited. Thanks for having me. Ekasan, how are you? That is, I haven't heard that in a long time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> glad to have you on here, and um, um, you know, a lot of people. When I said Nigerian initially, a lot of people might be hearing your voice and saying, "Wait, what?" Well, yeah. what, can you tell us your story and your background? Maybe I can fake a Nigerian accent, but I'm not very good at it. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, my my background, my blueprint is uh, it's a little bit uh, kind of nonlinear, Tayo. It's um, it, it kind of meanders all over the place. And so, I grew up as a kid. I'm a nomad of sorts, but not necessarily globally. Growing up, so I grew up all over the United States. Uh, born in D.C., moved to Charlotte, Houston, Texas, Portland, Oregon, and then finished high school in Greenville, South Carolina. And then ended up going to university at the University of South Carolina. Then went to theology school out in Texas, graduated from there uh, in 2001. And then we started this kind of pioneering journey after that, going back and forth uh, from Texas to Georgia to Texas to South Carolina. And so in the last about 15 years or so, Tayo, what I've done is a mix of uh, both for-profit and non-for-profit ventures. I've had the privilege of... um, working for Pfizer for a number of those years as a sales guy so that was my kind of big company business experience but also in the nonprofit uh, sectors I was a an associate pastor actually a founding pastor 
of a small church in Texas, and then also uh, kind of the executive director for a non-governmental organization that works in Nigeria. So that's my connection to Nigeria in the past, uh, the past decade. I've had the privilege of being able to work with my dear friends in Nigeria who I love with a, a culture that I, well, actually I should say cultures yeah. um, that make up the population of Nigeria. And so that's what's brought us today and we have launched this platform called Business on Purpose. And uh, in fact, the platform is mybusinessonpurpose.com. And uh, it's where we do, uh, and, and I am a business coach, trainer, and strategist. And really, I just help people uncover the things they can't see and then, uh, and then work with them diligently to help them build the systems processes uh, so that they can live out their business with the same kind of purpose that I've been working with a lot of other people in the last few years to live out as well in a variety of sectors. Does that, does that make sense? No, oh, it makes perfect sense. And, and uh, I like that. I want to touch on a few things. I like that you said uh, cultures in Nigeria because one of the things that uh, I, I was talking to you before we got on the show was saying how a lot of people used to assume that Africa was one big country. Um, it's actually comprised of 55 countries. And then Nigeria itself, which is the most populous country in, in Africa, has you know, over 200, 300 different um, languages with, you know, with their own subcultures. So it's, to say that it's one culture, it would be like, you, you know, you would go there with just blinders on. You're like, ah, so much. Tyler, it's so <laughs> embarrassing about, uh, it was back in 2004, 2005, I was really starting to come alive, my wife Ashley and I, to kind of global things mm-hmm. and, uh, and understanding the nations. And we had taken a trip to London and gotten to see a lot of different uh, cultural and faith backgrounds up in London. I'd been to Vietnam doing some work over there and to France as well. And in 2005, a friend of mine said, uh, I know you're interested in kind of uh, international things. I've got a friend who is a real estate consultant in Dallas, and uh, he actually ran for governor of Dallas, the only Nigerian that I know of to ever run for the governor, excuse me, the uh, mayor of Dallas. And uh, he said, why don't you go have lunch with him and just talk to him? And I went and sat down and had lunch. And I I literally am embarrassed. I probably shouldn't be telling this story, but (laughs) sat down, had lunch. And I said, Edward, man, I want you to teach me everything you know about Africa. <laughs> and he looked at me, and he kind of, and by the way, he's Igbo, so he's from the southeastern part yeah. of the country, which yeah. obviously, as you know, is much different than, than where you're from. Yeah. And he kind of looked at me with that Nigerian flair, and he said, uh, I am from Africa, the continent, but <laughs> it's like me telling you, hey, Scott, tell me everything you know about North America. Right. He said, I am from Africa, but I'm really from Nigeria. What do you want to know about Africa? Because I can tell you a little bit. Or do you want to know everything about Nigeria? And Tayo, for the next four hours, in classic Nigerian fashion, man, he just unloaded the history of Nigeria to me. And it was so powerful. Right. But yeah, just to understand the richness of the culture uh, is really, really unique. And that's one of the things we love about working there. No, it's good. And I'm glad you shared our story because a lot of the, what, what this podcast is about is just educating the world about the global uh, world that we live in. And that's, you know, it, that's big of you to actually admit because it happens a lot. <laughs> I, I hear it all the time. I see it almost every day. And I'm like, I went to France, Italy, and Africa. But where? Yeah. Yeah. Did you go to Tunisia? Yeah. Or did you go to South Africa or yeah. Ethiopia or where? Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> nah, so, I, I mean, in, in, in Nigeria, particularly, Tayo, this is where. You, you know, you don't have to sell the country. I'll sell it for you. I mean, this is a this is a country that has seen seven percent GDP growth in a culture of corruption. Seven percent right. GDP growth in the last few years. That's outpacing the U.S. by about three times. Now, much smaller economy, mm-hmm. but it is the largest economy on the continent. I mean, that is amazing. Yeah. And yeah. so, this tiny little country that you know, tiny in terms of landmass is only the size of I think two Californias. 
mm-hmm. uh, but you've got such this richness of culture. So I love, you know, selling the culture, selling yeah. the people. I think yeah. it's great. Love it, love it. Now, I before I get sidetracked, I could go on for that for, for hours about that. <laughs> so we do have to talk about you and your platform. So ah. can you, can you give, give us an example of how a business professional who wants to live out God's purpose through their business would go about it? And just, you know, oh. tell us your process. Absolutely. So I wrestled, and the reason I'm doing this now is because this is birthed out of a wrestling that that uh, that we've gone through over the last more than a decade. And Tyler, it really was the question of how do I merge my faith and my work? Uh, because for a long time, faith was lived out on Sunday, work was lived out Monday through Friday, and then you did whatever you wanted to with Saturday. I mean, that's kind of how it worked. And I would go to work Monday through Friday and just have this kind of burden going, well, how do I merge kind of my core convictions with what I'm doing, you know, on a random Monday afternoon at 3.47 p.m. And I just could not come to a conclusion with that. And you see that in my background. Mm-hmm. I spent some time in for-profit, some time in non-for-profit, some time as a pastor, sometimes as an executive director, salesperson. And so you look at that and go, man, this guy can't make up his mind. No, really, it's all just a journey of trying to figure out how to merge faith and work and to see those things as united. Uh, they're not separate. So... The way that we came about doing what we're doing now and what we're trying to teach, and we, we teach things like the eight marks to doing business on purpose, the first of which is to articulate your vision and your destination. If you don't know where you're going, I think Henry Ford said you'll get there every time, or maybe that was Yogi Bear, I can't remember which, but, um, but you've got to be able to articulate your destination. And so merging faith with work was the priority. That's what we wanted to be able to do. And so that's why we built the platform, is so that we could communicate with Uh, entrepreneurs, small business owners, medium-sized business owners, and say, hey, listen, the place that you spend the majority of your waking hours during the week does not have to be drudgery. It does not have to be mundane. It doesn't have to be uh, check the box, clock in, clock out. In fact, not only does it not have to be, please, in God's name, don't let it become that, because that is such a massive platform for you to create some serious long-term transformation not only in your life but in the lives of other people as well Mm. and so we don't look at business as a separate entity in and of itself we look at business as a vehicle it's an avenue Um, we don't live so that we can work and I don't want to flip the cliche to say we work to live what I'm saying is we work and live all at the same time that's part of what it means to do business on purpose love it love it and you know something that you said was so interesting is that um, you know there wasn't really a roadmap for you to follow and uh, before I ask the question I want to ask is, is many people seem to be afraid to start something because they don't know exactly how to do it. And, you, you know, you said executive director, pastor, um, you know, different paths. What kept you going? I mean, if, you know, yeah, how did you just, <laughs> you know, what was your direction even though you didn't have a direction? And, uh, you know, as I've been doing this interviews and podcasts, it's the same sort of thing that I hear back from people that are the, the naysayers like, I don't know how to start. I don't know what to do. I don't know where I'm going to end. So... Yeah, that's a, it's a tough question. Um, I, I, I both have and have not psychoanalyzed this to death. Um, I'll say this, Tyler, in, in my kind of adventure, uh, I have voices. I don't know if you have them. I don't know if other people. I do know some other people that have them because I've talked to through my mastermind uh, groups and other groups. And, it, and it's these voices. I know Seth Godin calls it the lizard brain or whatever. There's a lot of different uh, um, terms that are placed on it. But it's these voices who keep saying, don't do it. You're not good enough to do it. People are going to hate what you do. Um, it's not worth it. Doesn't look good enough, et cetera, et cetera, and all the way down the line. 
But inside, Tyone, I, and I really don't know how to work, put words around this. In fact, Simon Sinek would say, this is in the part of my brain that doesn't even have the capacity for language. Mm -hmm. uh, so maybe that's where this is coming from. But nonetheless, I, I, it, it's just this, I know that I've got these skill sets. I know that I don't have those skill sets. So for instance, if I'm driving down the road and see a, an air traffic controller, I don't have that skill set. I would hate that job. I'm not good at that job. But I also know that I've got certain skill sets, and I, I really do believe I can bring value to people. And what I'm doing right now is not maximizing those skill sets. Well, today, I can honestly say that the work that I have the privilege of doing, I'm just maximizing the skill set that God has put inside of me, um, which also is great because it means that I don't spend a lot of time trying to perfect things that I'm not good at in the first place, primarily because, Tyler, that's why God made you, is to do that, right. uh, not necessarily me. And so... Uh, I don't. I don't know if that answers your question, but I think the drive inside of just going, wait a second, God has put something inside of me. I don't feel like it's maxed out right now, and you just kind of keep pushing, keep pushing until you find that thing that you're maxed out in. And by the way, I'm not. It's not like I've arrived. All I'm doing is I'm using my skill sets the way I can see them used. Now I've got a huge runway in front of me to actually leverage those skill sets once I've found a place for them. Yeah. No. I and um. I know. I think you have a good point. One of the people I love is Sally Hogshead, and she has a book about uh, how the world sees you. And she, one of the things she stresses is the fact that um, instead of trying to be better, be more of yourself. And what she was saying was that we're all inherently different. We all have unique skill sets. But in that um, race to be like the next this, the next that, we sort of lose ourselves sometimes. And then we get even more frustrated because we... We, we've lost like the the sense the identity of who we are and how that can actually maximize our potential um mm. and it sounds to me like you know you found you, you know you're in the process of finding your process um and what you can do why equipped inspired and mobilized for you though why do you use those three words to uh three adjectives to the to describe your process the foundation of what I do, I look, I look at the world through the lens of God's word, and and some of you, uh, some of your listeners may listen to that and go, oh great, we've got a um, you know a right wing conservative hack who's getting on here and is going to talk to us about the moral majority or whatever. I, it's 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 not that way at all. I literally try to look at the world through a lens of God's word because I'm under the conviction that God's word is truth. So there's an anchor there. There's something I can tie to, and in that. It's very clear, and when I was a pastor, I, I kind of lived under this, was my job was not to build programs, uh, even though I think a lot of pastors feel that way. And I felt that way even while I was in it, but I knew differently. My job was not to uh, you know, set up chairs on Sunday morning. My job was not to run children's programs. My job was not even necessarily um, to speak every week. What my primary job was that I felt as a pastor and still is, and I think this is the job of a lot of us in our role as business owners, is to equip other people for their work. And so it's not for me to go out and you know, uh, run podcasts for everybody. I know how to run a podcast. I'm, I'm halfway decent at it, but it's not my job to go do that. There's somebody out there who's really, really, really brilliant at that. My job is to equip that person to go be great at what they do. And so that's why I really use the term uh, equip. The reason I use the term mobilize is because Frankly, Tyler, I'm not interested in just sitting around. Um, my coaching clients, uh, they kind of ride me a little bit about this, but after, uh, well, not even after, during every coaching appointment, I am constantly saying, all right, here's the to-dos. Uh, get out your calendars. Let's set this. When we meet next week, here's what we're going to be looking for. 
And so it's action and activity that what we're looking for. Are there times to sit still? Absolutely. Uh, and I try to I try to weave into that uh, weave that into kind of my daily routine. And then the inspiration it goes back to what you just asked me a minute ago. What keeps you going? Kind of what drives you? Uh, even when you don't feel like you're in the perfect situation, I, man, the inspiration that God has put something inside of me that can really serve and transform the lives of other people, that, that's exciting. And, and so that's kind of why I choose those three words. No, and, okay. And, and I love exactly that. I'm, you know, I know that you're, like, you're saying some people might listen and say, oh, right wing, but religion, bring religion to this. But the imagery is what, <laughs> the imagery is what I, want, I want to point out. Even though I'm a Christian like you, the thing is, when you're you talk about people like John the Baptist or people in the, in the Bible who were able to become leaders of men, right? When they mm. they drew a, a group of people because people believed in them and the idea and what they represented. It's, it sounds like that you, when you say business on a purpose, on business on purpose, you're giving people and entrepreneurs the idea and identity that the business need to have, where it's enough to mobilize, inspire, and equip them to do what they want to do. Um, that's exactly right. Correct, and, and, and that's that's really what why I drew onto that. And even if you're not a Christian, this is something that you can uh, definitely relate to. Do you feel like a lot of businesses today lose their purpose? I mean, the quick answer is, I mean, without question, um, that that happens. Uh, the 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 deeper question for me is why? Why does that happen? Mm-hmm. And and it's a it's a question that I spend all of my day pretty much on. Uh, in, in one facet or another is thinking why does a business lose its purpose and I, I think the answer is both kind of simple and complex the simple side of it is just there is so much going on uh, in fact one of the things I'm trying to do is is, is uh, equip people with tools so that they can do things to, to kind of slow their life down to slow the train down just a little bit because there's so much going on that you can't help but take your eyes off the purpose of what's happening. But the other reason, and it's a little bit more complex, is I think a lot of businesses never spend time up front articulating what their purpose is. In fact, that's why I say it's the first mark of doing business on purpose. So there's a metaphor I like to use to hire. I live on the coast, so we're like 15 minutes from the ocean, and I've got some friends who have some um, some neat boats that can go offshore. And so about a month and a half ago, we were offshore about 30 miles offshore. And uh, man, <laughs> if you've ever done that, I mean, that's yeah, I, maybe driving through Nigeria at night would be an experience as scary as oh, being 30 yeah. miles offshore. Oh, my goodness. I have a story about driving at night, but yeah, in Nigeria. <laughs> yeah. 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 In other words, if you've never been to Nigeria, you don't want to do that. Yeah. And so when you're out in this boat, just imagine you're out on the boat, and you've got this beautiful boat. You've got these incredible GPS uh, instruments on the on the dash, and yet you've, you've not taken the covers off of those GPS instruments. So you've got this great boat. You've got great seats, you've got great motors on the back of this boat, and you're in this big wide ocean. And you can't see land anymore, and you've got a tank full of gas. Well, what happens is, as business owners... Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. What we need to do is we need to plug in our GPS coordinates, our destination. We need to be able to articulate, you know, 25 years or 15 years or 35 years down the road. This is kind of what I see my business looking like. Mm. Now, it can always change. It can always tweak. But this is what I see my business looking like, literally. Today I'm a hundred thousand dollar business annual. You know, in thirty five years I want to be a four point five million dollar business annually. Hmm. I mean, that is the level uh, of articulation that I'm talking about. You set your coordinates for where you want your business to look like X number of years from now, and then hit go. Now you can get back in the boat and start driving, adjusting, steering, bringing ropes in, putting ropes out, putting fishing rods out, doing what you do in fishing because you've articulated your destination where you want to go. Here's the flip side of that. If you don't set your coordinates and you leave the covers on those great GPS instruments, what you're going to do is you're going to put your boat in gear and you're going to go around in circles and lines and backwards and forwards and eventually you're going to run out of gas. And when you run out of gas, you're going to be in a wide open ocean by yourself. And that's why Proverbs 29 says, where there is no vision, people die. Mm -hmm. And the reason that happens is because you're out in a big wide ocean you run out of gas, and there's nobody to help you because you never articulated the vision of where you're going. Yeah, so in, in other words, set your intention, have that vision. And um, you know, and you, you, were, you hinted at it earlier when you were talking about some of the distractions we have. I think you know, my generation, the millennial generation, and the one uh, below me, the Generation Zers, have even... A lot. I have lots of distractions at our disposal with the you know advent of digital media, every social media platform that comes on it, and I'm guilty of this because I love this is my baby, you know digital <laughs> media. But what I've noticed with businesses and even as I, as I'm building mine is that you know while I, I would start blogging, podcasting, or doing other things, I would be like, oh, there's a new social media <laughs> app. I need to be on that. Oh, it is new that. And then by the time I know it, I'm on five social media apps, and one that I was developing before, like those four came on, you know. I just left it by the side, even though I was building something mm. there. So I think it's it's always good to take inventory of, of oneself and realize, okay, is it, is it good to be it's that old adage, uh, master of none, right? Jack of all trades, master yes. of none. Is it good to to really establish yourself and stay true to what your purpose is and and and, and build a following and community there? Before you can and before you can actually start expanding, because if you if you don't have enough of a solid foundation, and you start going everywhere. You're going to start breaking, right? It's like you know, uh, the parable where you, you were building, um, they were building land, and then the ones that didn't build on the solid foundation um, crumbled. You know, so they just fall apart. Yeah. Isn't it amazing how true that stuff is? It, it uh, is. Like I, I said, I mean, I live on, I live on the coast, and so we have a lot of homes literally built on sand. <laughs> and uh, I mean, you, you can see the okay. So let's take this back to the Nigerian culture, where the municipalities aren't as uh, intensive in terms of civil engineering and stuff like that. And you'll literally see a home uh, that's built with the wrong mix of clay for their bricks, and it will just disintegrate. One day, the house literally—I've seen it. You've seen it. Mm -hmm. The house will literally just disintegrate. So it's starting out with the right mix, articulating the destination. And here's the real challenge, Tyo. Because like Tuesday, I worked with uh, a small business here, and we spent six hours articulating vision, uh, the vision story, 
the mission statement, and a set of, of hardwired core values into their business. And they walked away, and I've got a couple of follow-up things, but we're going to create what we call a published schedule after that that's going to go for a year out. Because I'm not interested in people spending all of their day putting this stuff together and then putting it up on a bookshelf and letting it rot. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got to put it into action. And so it's both the design up front and the action on the back end. And I'll tell you from my experience working with uh, my hero clients, because they are heroes. The stories that come out, are they're the hero, not me. And what, what happens from these hero clients is when they start putting this stuff into action, tired three, four weeks down the road, they get tired. I mean, they get really tired. And they're like, man, i got to do this again, and i got to do this again. Yes, because ultimately in about three, six, nine months, man, this thing's going to take off. And guess what? You're going to be heading right toward the destination that you articulated. Love it. Love it. Now, Scott, this is um, this is a question I have. A lot of the uh, the people that listen to this, they you know, they identify with several cultures. I'm curious, how has diversity, you know, in your locations and roles, played uh, a big part in, in how you view business? So, since we've been working in Nigeria. I've got a completely different perspective on business, and let me explain. So, here in the U.S., if you grew up, so I'm 40, full confession, I just turned 40, Tayo, so I'm like, I think I'm old enough to be your grandfather or something like that. <laughs> well, I'm so, in. You, you can, yeah, in Nigeria, yeah. maybe I am, actually. Um, I'm like an elder statesman in Nigeria. I've even got some gray hair, so some people have bowed to me uh, over there. Not many, though. But anyway, um, it, it, it's, it's one of those things that... Uh, for me, um, h- how do I mm, how do I answer this? Help me get back on track. Ask the question again. No, no, it's fine. I was just curious how diversity play has played a big role in how you view business. Right. All right. So when we've been over in Nigeria working with um, small businesses, when, growing up here in the U.S., I grew up in a culture of company. What I mean by that is most of our fathers and mothers worked for large entities. Um, Now, I know a lot of you will say, well, the percentages small businesses dominate. That's true. But an overwhelming number of people work for large corporations in some capacity, even if they work for a vendor of a large corporation. And so I grew up with a mindset of a company. And so I saw everything through the lens of the company. Company takes care of the employee, employee takes care of the company, and vice versa. Well, in the 90s, that, that philosophy started to crack. In the 2000s, it started to really break down, and now it's just about disintegrated. And so when I started working in Nigeria, what I saw was a legion of entrepreneurs. The first thing that hit me when I landed for the very first time in Nigeria is I landed at the uh, Abuja airport, and we started uh, heading down Bill Clinton Parkway, by the way, uh, right out of the Abuja airport. I don't know if it's still named that, but I think that's, it, that's what it was named. We took a left heading into Abuja. So this was back in 05. Took a left heading into Abuja. At the stop, at the junction, I had about 30 people walk up to our van, and they had plantain chips, and they had bubble gum, and they had car mats, and they had cots. They had all this stuff that they were walking around selling. And I, after doing some research over the years, I found out, I don't remember the name of the company. You probably would. They sell meat sticks. They're those kind of pinkish looking meat sticks and I found out that their entire distribution um, model for selling meat sti- sticks was through street vendors that was it is they it, didn't is sell it, through is stores. it Gala? yes that's yeah. what it is yeah. and so that's their only distribution point is are individuals selling these meat sticks on, on the street 
And so, Tayo, over time, after seeing business in Nigeria, getting outside of my American philosophical lens, I started to look at business completely differently. And I started to see business as very fluid because the company mindset kept everything stable. You got a paycheck every two weeks. The paycheck looked the same, you know, felt the same, and you got that paycheck until next year when they give you a 3% cost of living increase. Well, in Nigeria, this week, somebody might make 6,000 Naira. Next week, they might make 1,000 Naira. The following week, they might make 20,000 Naira. And so it was so fluid, and I started to realize, wait a second, business really is an exercise in faith. Uh, and a lot of us had put our faith in a company and not in the God who created us. And so it really did change my perspective on business and understanding it. And that's why the Business on Purpose platform is such a powerful thought and a powerful idea is because when we start to integrate faith into our work, now our faith becomes dependent on God who created us, not on a company that could disintegrate and fall apart like Enron did. Gotcha, gotcha. And, and so how can people find uh, find out more about you, work with you, explore, you know, learn what you do and, and become one of your hero clients? Yes, I love heroes. I love hearing their stories, and so that's why I love to get to work with them. And thanks for asking, man. There's a couple of ways. Uh, one, you can head on over to the headquarters, the platform. It's mybusinessonpurpose.com. I love it when people visit. They get to kind of see what's going on. Uh, we've got a podcast called the Business on Purpose Podcast. In fact, I need to strong arm you into being a guest on the Business on Purpose Podcast. You got it. Uh, so <laughs> the listener base can hear your perspective and your background. So they can check us out at mybusinessonpurpose.com. You can also find me at LinkedIn. You talked about multiple social media streams, Tyo. About two months ago, I made a decision that although I've got Facebook, I've got Twitter, I've got all that stuff, and it's all linked through my Buffer account, I'm going all in on LinkedIn. So if you reach out to me, uh, there is a high likelihood that I would I would reciprocate and come right back to you and see how we can work together and all of those things. And then, Tyo, if you don't mind, there's two resources that I want to share with your audience, uh, and we're going to put up a page at mybusinessonpurpose.com forward slash nomads. And if you just go there, there's two particular resources uh, that I'd love to share with you. Both of them are totally free. And the first one is uh, we've got a, a presentation, uh, just a simple short. It'll take you two minutes to go through. And that is the eight marks of doing business on purpose. If you want to start at a very entry level to figure out how to bake and embed purpose into what you're doing, just head on over to mybusinessonpurpose.com forward slash nomads. And, uh, and I think you have to type in your email address or something like that. And you can download that for free. And the other one is because, uh, because email can dominate us. I don't know. You've probably mastered this, Tyro. I didn't until this last year, but every week I work from an inbox zero position, and what I did is because I started having, having a couple guys ask me about it, is I actually laid out the strategy for how I get to inbox zero every week, and I've just put it up on emailonpurpose.com, totally free. If you want access to it, it's a 12-minute video tutorial, step-by-step, -step, and it'll walk you through how you can kind of live out your email inbox on purpose and get that to inbox zero because what I found is when I've got email in my inbox it raises my anxiety and that's not good I don't want that to happen and so I've laid out strategies there for your audience to be able to watch so welcome to all of that none of it whatever you want to do but make sure you swing by the the, the headquarters there on the website well love it love it and thank you for being so kind enough to, to do that actually um, I'm sure a lot of good resources and just from our conversation I know that it would be definitely valuable um, something I'll be checking on myself so appreciate that but, Absolutely, um, my pleasure. One thing I'd like to ask of my guests before they go is um, how they use their differences to make a difference. Yeah, as, you, as you know, that's the mission statement of this. Is um, I'm curious, 
you know, how do you use what's different about you or your difference to make a difference? Yeah, um, man. It stumps, every, it, stumps, it stumps everybody, so feel free to take it. <laughs> well, down. sometimes I wake up, and, and I, I know you've got this feeling where you wake up and go, man, I just feel different. Like, and not in like a, man, I'm really different, mm-hmm. but I just feel different, like quirky. Uh, and one of the movies I identify with is that movie Russell Crowe played in, The Beautiful Mind. Oh. And uh, he, he stands up in front of his windows with a marker, and he just starts writing out all these equations. And what I've found, Tayo, is I used to kind of, I used to kind of walk away from that a little bit because I felt like other people looked at that and thought, man, this guy <laughs> really has lost his mind. And now I'm really starting to embrace that. Um, I've, I've put up two eight-foot by, eight by four-foot whiteboards in my little office um, because I realized, Tayo, I've got to have time for that. Um, that's something I've embraced. And through that, I've been able to take what I've drawn out that's just come out of my head and, and man, I cannot tell you the number of times that's gone directly into a client discussion uh, where a client will ask a question. In fact, it happened today uh, with a client of mine who's asking about a, uh, an employee who just left his business and got recruited by another competitor. And man, something that I had laid out last week on my whiteboard, I was able to go back to that. And so seeing that as a difference in like this kind of crazy mind that some people just don't get and using that for the value of other people. And I think the other thing too is, Ty, and this is what I really want to encourage people to do, especially those of you who live in the West, use the freedom you have right now to travel because there is no guarantee it's always going to be there. And so the West has got access through passports and has got access through money right now. Use it and go learn Go influence others and go be influenced by others. I don't go to Nigeria necessarily to influence. I go because it has completely blown up my worldview. And uh, and now I'm just straight up addicted to it. And I love it. No, I, I love it. I, I think I say this all the time whenever I'm speaking somewhere at a conference or anything. It's I think everyone should learn how to have the mindset of a nomad. You don't have to necessarily be one. But in the sense that it opens your mind and it, it gives you the ability to explore more of the world out there. Um, and, and the more I, I travel, the more... New uh, new environments I come I come across I just realize the more I don't know but it yeah. what, you know but the most important thing to me is is the impact you could see other people and what you can actually learn from other people because you, you drew inspiration from from you know street vendors I draw inspiration from from kids a lot of times or just random situations mm. that could happen to me in a random city and it's just like wow I never thought of that and I never would have thought of that if I didn't put myself in that position so I think it's I think it's spot on a, an amazing advice that you gave there so well Tayo if you grew up in Nigeria in the 1800s and you wanted to be a nomad you were going to really have to uh, get your stick if you were a Fulani and you're going to walk around with cows right and that's how you were a nomad mm-hmm. today you can be a nomad and still live in New York City. Uh, right. You can be a nomad. I live in a town of 35,000 people. You can be a nomad and live in a small town uh, because of the access that we've been given. Yeah, and, and it's in the, you know, I was talking about digital media earlier. With the, with the internet, you can do so many things. You you have a multimedia platform, podcast, um, blog, and, and many other things. You know, Clients reach out to you in all sorts of ways, but that's something that happened through high-speed internet. So um, That's right. Yeah. So that's I, exactly I think it's right. Great. I think it's great. Well, um, in case you have any final words, let me give you a chance to say something before you go. But um, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm really been blown away by this conversation just because beyond the fact that we both share Nigerian common, but just because of how relevant you've, you've, you've uh, made some of the, the, the important themes that we talk about here on the podcast.
podcast uh, and giving examples to that. So, um, so well, you give me a, another few seconds of airtime. Here's the thing I'm going to use it for, Tyo, is and, and <laughs> you can edit this out if you want to, but. Well, you and I got work together in Nigeria. I mean, with with uh, with the background that you have, and the opportunity that is in front of that culture right now. I don't know if you saw it, but the Economist magazine, probably the top one, two, or three global news magazine in the world, which runs a Nigerian story about every one to three weeks, and it's usually about a third of a page. If you go back to it, would have been about mid June edition. Uh, there's a there's a line on the top of it. It's not the front. It, the the line is on the front cover. And it, and it uh, talks about an, uh, an essay on Nigeria or something like that. Well, if you go into the middle of The Economist magazine, there's like an 8 to 10 page spread that is a full essay, multi-essay, on Nigeria. The front cover of that spread is a picture of Muhammadu Buhari, the new president. Yeah. And it has two words, opportunity knocks. And so if you give me a few extra seconds, I'm going to use it to say this. Tayo, you and I got to work together, and then all of your listeners, if you're not working in Nigeria, at least aware of what's going on in Nigeria, and you've got any inkling within you to do anything transformative around the, uh, around the world, get in touch with me, get in touch with Tayo, and let's go do some fun work in Nigeria. You can start doing it in the big cities, and then the folks that live there will start to spread that throughout the rural territories. It's a fascinating and exciting culture. No, I thank you for saying that, and, and I think... Um with Buhari's you know, <laughs> election, it's is there's a lot of opportunity we need to do, it, but it's it has to start now. You know, there's no more time for like yeah. uh, uh, let we'll we'll do we'll take all the money we can have right now and do it in my second term. You know, it's yeah. now, now, now. Um, and uh, we were talking about some of the uh, the unfortunate things happened there, but that can be curtailed if we mobilize um, and act now. So I think. It, you know, opportunities there. There's a lot of potential, as you've you said, and I've always grown up knowing the potential we have as Nigerians, as we're all over the world, everywhere. But um, it's time to really bring that to help the country. So yeah, I'm glad yeah. about that. Yeah. So yeah, thank you so much for your time. I, I really appreciate yeah you coming on, and um, and I can't wait to get this out. This is this has been one of the uh, the conversations I've enjoyed the most for sure. Just, uh, just no man themes. Well, I appreciate that, Tyler. You've just been listening to the As Told by Nomads podcast. For more ways to use your difference to make a difference, as well as for show notes, head over to www.uidmag.com. Till next time, go out and make an impact in your world. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 